This is the Comics Vault Podcast! Let's crack open the vault. So, I'm ready? Hello, and welcome to the Comics Vault Podcast, episode number eight. This episode is sponsored by... Fenton Works. Jack Fenton here. I've checked the Comics Vault over and found no ghosts. If you need one gone, call me, Jack Fenton. World's best ghost hunter. Not Buster. That is a trademark, and I can't infringe upon it. But ghost hunter! Thank you. I'm David of PA Nerd Cosplay. And I'm Neil. I haven't uh, been on together in a while. Yeah, it's been a... I, we haven't actually been on an episode together in two years, I think. No, you can handle this shit. You don't need me. It's, it's, so, it's so much more... I gotta say, this is, uh, this is more relaxing to I be able to talk to somebody face-to-face instead of just talking to yourself in your room. Especially, I have no AC upstairs now, right. and it is super hot. Well, things get busy. You guys had a baby, and things are busy here at the store, and doing shows, and conventions, and it, it family just, stuff. It seems like with all the movies and stuff coming out, it, it just keeps getting busier, you know, with uh, more books and, you know, prices going up because of the movies, people wanting to come in more to get those books, right. and, you know, it's just... It, it's a, a good time to be a nerd. I mean, I know I said that two years ago, but it is getting even better to be a nerd with all the stuff coming out. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it is. We are doing pretty good here at the shop. I don't know if the movies brought in a lot of extra people. I saw a great cartoon the other day where there was a, a movie complex, had Endgame on the marquee, and the line was like a mile long. And then right beside it, there was a comic book shop, and there was like broken windows and a dust bowl <laughs> rolling in front of it and like no one in line and I think that's kind of relevant um, you see kids walking around with Deadpool t-shirts on and you go up and you say hey that's awesome who's your favorite Deadpool writer and they look at you like what are you talking about I don't like, who writes this stuff right. I don't know those writers so I mean I, I think the movies do it justice and I'm, I'm happy but there's a bigger world in the comic books that mm-hmm. I hope people are enjoying too and exploring a little bit that's like uh, my wife and I just did an event in Huntington this new shop open I don't know how to pronounce her name it's like LL Lot Incorporated it's uh, in downtown on Washington Street they uh, they do like um, knickknacks they have he has he basically is selling his old collection of comic books which he's got a lot of stuff in there he actually has uh, Secret Wars number 8 so it's like a thrift shop yeah so he has, he has Secret Wars number 8 and he's got a lot of he was a Superman fan so a lot of the comics he has is action comics and Superman but uh, we, he wanted my wife and I there as Captain America and Supergirl um, to kind of help promote during the car cruise they had. And there was a kid that had stopped by, and he had just got into Marvel Comics in April. Or, well, the movies in April. He never read a comic book, wasn't too big into the uh, movies and stuff. He just started the MCU in April, so he's trying to make his way through it. And when I talked to him, he'd just seen Far From Home, which right. we'll get into. But uh, he was telling me, he's like, I don't really want to get into the comics yet. He goes, I don't want to dive too deep into this stuff without knowing, you know, try, you know, especially being this late. Because the kid's 16 years old. So, and I said, if you, you know, you really should get into comics. It's, there's a lot more story behind these characters you're going to find to love. And I said, you know, if you're going to start, start small with, like, trades and short stories of, you know, don't get into Amazing Spider-Man just yet and try to hop on where they're at now because it's, it's going to be too confusing like oh who's this or right. where do they come from so I, I said honestly my for, my opinion if you're going to start with a book that you know the character everybody knows who Batman is if you're a fan of art I'd say start with Batman Noel it's it's basically the Christmas story with Batman and the right. artwork is fantastic so that's, that's where I say I told the kid to start so but it's you know kids are just now getting to movies and superhero stuff but they don't know the origins I would challenge just about anyone to read the six part series of the original Civil War yeah and tell me that it's not better than the oh my gosh Civil yeah War. I mean but people just like skip it they think oh that doesn't even exist and the movies are where everything's at and, uh, yeah I mean with Civil War the, the book was fantastic it's if you're gonna yeah go back and read the original trade because there's so much more than just that book there's you know uh, Civil War X Men Civil War Spider Man Civil War Iron like there's right. front line there is front tons line, yeah. and 
it, it is kind of confusing if you don't know what's going on to start with because I know that Reed Ridge, it's I think this place takes place after Ultron, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Reed Richards and Tony make a Thor because he they die or he, android, yeah. yeah. So and he kills Goliath, which really sets everybody off. Right. And but it you know it yeah if you're gonna go back and read anything, yeah read Civil War and then go watch the movie. And like wow, there's there's a lot of difference there. Yeah, I've, anything that can put comics into kids' hands, I think, is a good thing. And if a movie is a great place to start, then uh, that's awesome. A yeah. lot of comic book shops, retailers I talk to, they're not happy about comic books being in Walmart. You know, they're doing mm-hmm. those giant specials, those 100-page Teen Titans and Superman, and um, I think there's a Wonder Woman one. Uh, but I think it's a fabulous idea. The kid picks up a, a comic book there, and they're like, wow, this is great. Where can I get more? Yeah, they can't go back to Walmart because they've already read that story. They only carry those one shots. Mm-hmm. So they have to go to a comic book shop. I think spinner racks back in places like movie theaters, uh, maybe maybe retailers like GameStop could have a spinner rack. I know they you used know, to have the select titles. Yeah, GameStop used to have those variant covers right. of, you know, GameStop exclusive variants of some comics that are released. But, you know, someone, I talked to somebody before, and I love this quote Stanley has because someone asked him, what do you think of the new digital age platform of comic books? He goes, you know, I love how he puts it. Comic books are like boobs. To see them on the screen is is fine and dandy, but to have them in, to hold them in your hand right. is just a much better experience. So, and you know, I even that's even with the movies and and whatnot. It's you know, you're getting some kind of right. form of nerd entertainment, and some people are gonna be like, huh, this had to have come from somewhere. I like the story. Is there something right. more than this? So. Yeah, man, I agree. So yeah, it's it's been busy. I, uh, mm-hmm. I'm thankful. Uh, but you've been pulling down the podcast uh, for the past uh, Two, couple years. You had some awesome interviews, I heard. Yeah, um, at the end of this one, we'll do uh, Rob Paulson. I, you know, that he was my. I, I like Roger Bumpus, and I did it basically for Maddie because she's you know a huge SpongeBob fan. It, it released a few months after she was born, so she's just as old as SpongeBob is. Um, so I wanted to get Roger, and I met Billy West. Actually, he was going to the bathroom, and I right. caught him. So I, that was an unexpected interview, but I mainly wanted to get Roger because for people, you know, not just my age, but, you know, someone your age in, in that era, and even before older people. Did I say Roger? I meant Rob. Rob Paulson. Yeah, Rob Paulson. Right. You know, he is an iconic voice actor that has done multiple, multiple, you know, voices where he's done uh, Land Before Time. He's done the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and actually he's now in a reiteration of its, well, not the latest, but the one before that, as a different turtle. So, you know, I, he is an iconic person to me. Right. I would have liked to get uh, Maurice LaMarche, who did The Brain, because they were both in Picking the Brain, but he, you know, he was only there one day, and right. he seemed kind of, his line was extremely long. Right. So, but yeah, at the end of this, we'll, uh, I'll put that interview, and it was, it's, he is such a nice guy. I kind of have to edit it down, because we had a, a little personal talk also afterwards that I just didn't stop the mic, but you know, he could talk your off forever. So yeah, I'm glad we're able to get those guys on onto the show. Yeah. I'm hoping, uh, I don't know when, but my dad's best friend, John Bowden, uh, actually writes horror books and is an author. And, um, he does, he actually is an editor as well for this horror magazine. So, and I know there's a lot of, you know, it's coming out soon and a couple other horror stuff. So, you know, and that's, and he said, he said, oh, I can talk you off about 80s hair metal and horror because I'm not too big in comics. I'm like, well, you know, this is a nerdy podcast. Right. And, and horror is a nerd theme of itself. So I'm like, that, you know, still goes along with us. So I don't know when that'll get, but see if I can talk yeah, to him. I would love to hear uh, uh, Brian talk, Brian Middleton I've, talk about um, uh, his Wolfborn trilogy. I talked to him. He's like, oh, I, don't, I don't like podcasts. He goes, I don't, he doesn't listen to them right. and he doesn't like to talk. On there, I said, "Well, don't do it for us. Do it for Neil." No, He's like, "Come into the shop, and you can just hide the microphone, and push record." I, yeah, I could. Like a four-hour show because yeah. he loves to talk about comics. Uh, Gus Gus Mock, another great one. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I'll have to get a hold of him. Yep, he's got some uh, pretty exciting things coming up. So, yeah, say thanks for listening, everybody, and um, keep um, keep us on your radar because there'll be some more cool interviews coming. Yeah, up. we're gonna try to make this year and you know, following episodes big, even if it's just us talking or just me, you know, you can suck it up for an episode too, till we get somebody really cool. <laughs> yeah, we should do some giveaways too. Yeah. Let's give something away. Let me think about it. I'll, I'll hit David up for next, uh, 
next episode we'll figure out something to get yeah. away. So what uh, what comic books are coming out today? Or uh, this is the week of July seventeenth. Uh, so on the DC side, we have Aquaman number fifty. I'm sure that's going to be a oversized issue. Um, Batman number seventy five. Who uh, I'm kind of excited because uh, Tom King's been writing this. His was originally contracted through 100 episodes issues of Batman, uh, but he got shit canned. He got fired. Ooh. He's like, your run is going to end at number 85 rather than 100, and then he's going to move on in January to write a 12 part series called uh, uh, Catwoman and Batman. Hmm. And there'll be a new creative team on Batman. So instead of his story lasting through 100 issues, it's only going to be through 85. So he's really got to start speeding things up to get to the meat of his story. Uh, so I think this is the point where um, it's a good time to jump on to Batman because uh, it could get exciting here. He might have to cut some stuff out or, or make issues a little bigger. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's going to do. Um, Justice League number 28, Nightwing number 62 comes out, uh, Shazam, Teen Titans, and uh, a Wonder Woman one-shot called Come Back to Me. Um, that I had a lot of pre-orders for. I haven't really heard a lot about it. Um, on the Marvel side, uh, on your shelves today, there's uh, Age of X-Men Omega, uh, Daredevil number 8, um, Deadpool still going strong, number 15. That was... Uh, I, see, I haven't gotten into any of that yet. I have some of the books, but I just... I've been so behind on actually reading comics with work and whatnot, but... Right. It seems like that's. It seems like it's it's a good story. With uh, who's the writer now? Uh, Deadpool. Yeah. I, don't read it. I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> um, I can grab a book whenever you talk, and let me see who the writer is. Um, Immortal Hulk number twenty-one. Uh, this book is selling out every single week. Um, I don't really like horror, and this book has been described as a horror horror hmm. comic. Um, but it's got a lot of fans right now. Loki number one. Uh, this is exciting because I think after the events of War of the Realms, I think Loki is going to be the new God of Thunder. He's walking around with Thor's hammer. How, how is he able to hold it? Well, I think Thor's retiring and not going to be God of Thunder anymore. He's just going to be King Thor. Hmm. So I think, and Jane Foster's the new Valkyrie. That's going to be interesting to find out how Loki is able to hold the hammer. The hammer, because yeah. would he really be worthy, or it's just kind of like? There's lots of stuff going on in. Uh, in Asgard, so uh, this is a book that's on my radar, and Loki's going to start getting really big too because he's got that yeah. show starting on uh, Disney Plus here in a few months. That still launches in the fall, right? <clears throat> uh, November, okay. I think, something like that. Yeah, there's going to be a lot, and Loki a lot is on that. One of the launch titles, right? Yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a live action series actually starring Tom Hiddleston, right. I believe. And is it is it animated, Maddie? The Tom. The, the Loki. Action. Is it live action? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so it's going to be starring Tom Hiddleston. Um, and from what I understand, it's uh, a... I don't know if it's a prequel to Endgame or it's kind of spins off of that because, you know, uh, we're going to talk about Endgame here. You guys have had well over a month, if you haven't seen Like I keep saying, you know, you're a terrible fan. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess now because um, they he got a hold of the Tesseract there's a whole new timeline that Loki stays alive because of that. So I think that's that's where it spawns from. I'm not too sure. Yeah, so we'll be seeing a lot of Loki. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to be pumping him up on the Disney streaming service, and he's going to get a lot of uh, play in comics. So I, I like the idea of having it as a TV series because, I mean, I like Tom Holland as Spider-Man, and I like these movies, but my dream would be to have either like a Netflix thing or I guess now Disney, but have Spider-Man a TV show with, I mean, The Flash and Arrow are doing fantastic. Well, Arrow is now going to be done after the season, but uh, Flash is doing fantastic. I like the way they do each episode. They could put like a whole comic book comic book issue in one episode and do it that way. Each episode is a different story of its own with Spider-Man. I, I feel like that would be done a lot better and, and less pushed than rehashing a story over and over and over again. Right. So, because I know that this is the last Sony... Marvel deal with Tom Holland. I think they're talking about... He said he wants to play it for another... Set. There's supposed to be another seven movies, so I'm, I'm assuming that Sony's like, huh, we're making money off this, people are liking it, we'll keep three going. Three in high school, three in, in college, college, and then three after. Yeah, or, yeah, another nine, but there's at least... Nine total. Yeah, there's another... So it'll be one more when you oh, go yeah. high school, 
Yeah, and then three movies when he's in college, and then three as an adult. Yeah, which actually would be good because how long it takes to get those out. Tom Holland's going to be older, more mature. Because even in Stranger Things that just released this past week, or last week when this released, um, you can tell how much in a year those kids have hit puberty and sound different and look more mature. And even especially from season one, you know, a couple years ago, it's it's just crazy how. Something I didn't realize as a kid, but now growing up, you see the big changes in, in kids and teenagers from the time they were little to them hitting maturity right. and, you know, their voices and whatnot. So I think the movies will be good, but I'd, I'd like to see a TV series done to just kind of continue it. Shorts, it, it'll be shorter and I don't know, just kind of keep the Spider-Man magic alive instead of rehashing a story. Because who knows when Tom Holland's done, what they're going to do after that. Because we're looking at... Fox and and uh, Marvel deal where Fox had mo- sold X Men and Fantastic Four back to Marvel. We're gonna have a whole new Logan and Wolverine, and nobody knows who it's gonna be. Yet cause they haven't talked about it, but you know, for us that grew up with them, how, how are you gonna you know think of someone else being Wolverine besides Hugh Jackman? That's right. gonna be you know who's this guy? So uh, Spider Man Life Story number five. Uh, there's a couple Star Wars titles this week. Uh, Dr. Aphra number 34, TIE Fighter uh, number 4, uh, which is selling really well. Superior Spider-Man number 9, uh, which I'm not reading right now, but I hear it's pretty good. Uh, Punisher has an annual this week, uh, annual number 1. Um, these True Believer books, uh, they're a dollar. They're coming out with two or three every single week. Uh, these are a great pickup. They're awesome reprints of some of the best stories. Mm-hmm. This is a big um, time for Carnage right now. Everything this month is, month is um, featuring Carnage. He's got his uh, his mini series called Absolute Carnage. Every title has a variant cover with Carnage on it. Um, and these true believers, these dollar books, uh, Maximum Carnage number one and um, Savage Rebirth. Um, Maximum Carnage number one was a, was a good book. Right. And some of these books are like. $60, $70 in their original mm-hmm. printing, so you can pick them up super cheap. And Especially that, that series run of Maximum Carnage. I'm only missing like two books from right. that series, so it's, uh, it's a good show. X-Men number 22. Uh, I believe that this is the last X-Men title before Uncanny's over, hmm. and they start with uh, Hickman's uh, House of X and Powers of X. Uh, that six-part series that starts here at the end of the month. And X-Force number 10 uh, comes out this week, so uh, there's some cool things to look at, uh, look for in your shop this week. Yeah, make sure you get down there. I always say that if you don't have it in your box, you know, there's a good chance you're not going to get it. So if there's oh a couple gosh, left, like you that crazy nonsense with Walking Dead, yeah. where they just flat out stopped it. Oh, like, that's right. I, I did was see that. Ordering comics into September and October, like we order comics two months in advance. So I'm placing my orders for that far down the line, and then Tuesday they come out with a press release. Hey, tomorrow's issue 193 is the last Walking Dead, and it just stopped. I felt a little like they did me a little bit dirty there because I could have sold an extra 30 or 40 copies that day. Yeah, if it's a last book coming into the shop, but I had to take care of everyone who has been, you know, putting it in their pool boxes, mm-hmm. um, and then I had a couple extra I put on the shelf. Um, it was it was just sneakily done. Uh, I saw I because I. People were getting so upset, and this is where the whole divide of comics and, and uh, the television come in. That they, put, I saw the post that you know they canceled it, and so many people didn't even read the article, and they're just so upset because the Walking they thought the Walking Dead show was done, and so many people just got so mad. And then when they found out the comics, it's like, oh, whatever. I'm like, well, that's kind of a slap in the face. To these people that read these books religiously and. Or follow the story much better than you do in the show so well Kirkman's super busy now he's his other book oblivion song is doing really well um and that book actually just got picked up by netflix i think hmm. to be a series so he's busy i get it that he has told his story and the time had run out and he wanted it to end it's just the way that they did it just like pulling the plug i don't know and that's got to hurt for these people that have been so in in uh involved in the story that have been reading right. it since the beginning and they're like oh well that that hurts well, from what I've heard that everyone who has read it has been like yeah it was a fitting ending it was it was okay at least they ended it on a good note right. and didn't like kind of leave it hanging so um uh, so you saw it um 
Far From Home? I did. I saw it the day of the release, which you somehow were able to see it the day before. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I mean, it wasn't, uh, it didn't blow me away. The casting is spot on. They're, oh, yeah. I can't say a bad thing about anyone that's cast except MJ. And I think she's even great casting. I think she's very talented. I like the way that she looks. She's it's just her portrayal of MJ doesn't do it for me. Uh, the way I see it with her is I, they have her as MJ, but I don't feel like they're going in the route of she's Mary Jane. They they they're trying to push that she's a whole new character. And and the way the character's done, I like because like sure, I said, she's a whole new character. Yeah, because like I said in the last episode, the first movie she was so rights activist, she was so like hippy dippy and kind of she always had some kind of agenda behind what she was saying. Right. In this movie, she's like. You know, these are my interests. I'm just a dark teenager that right. has these kind of weird interests. And she was a normal teenager. She didn't have, so, you know, to explain what right. she liked and why she liked it. And she if just that was Peter's love interest, and her name was Lucy. I'd be like, that's awesome. I love her. She's she's fantastic. But she's not Mary Jane. No, Mary no, Jane no. I'd... like so bubbly. She's Peter's biggest supporter. No matter what he does, she's in his corner. She's like, you can do this. You can't stop. This girl is just such a. <laughs> she is, but it's funny as like I said, in the Amazing Spider-Man, I hate that love interest. I love Gwen Stacy. I think that Emma Stone played a perfect Gwen Stacy, but just the way they did it was terrible. It was so pushed, and I felt like they could have done without that in enti- the entire two movies, and it wouldn't have made a difference to the movie at all. But this movie, it fit. He needed that. Um, how, how do I put it? Uh, I don't know, there's something between his um, love interest and everything else going on that he needed it to make the story better because he's uh, fighting with, you know, his love interest, his friends, uh, you know, him being a teenager, him being a superhero. He's got all this going on, and it made sense to, you know, he has to either choose what to do or really buckle down and go through all this you know, as Spider-Man or Peter Parker, depending on the situation. So it didn't feel pushed with her character. Yeah, the casting is is, is good. Um, some of the best fight scenes Spider-Man's ever Oh my seen gosh, yeah. Um, I just don't know if the script was, was there. I never felt like the bad guy was a real threat. I like it when the hero wins, but he's got to sacrifice himself or something that he loves along the way. And I just never felt like this bad guy was a threat. Um, but Jake Gyllenhaal did an awesome job. Oh yeah, he that. was fantastic. Yeah. I, I would have liked to see. I mean, I like the way this. I love the way the suit looked. Mysterio's suit looked fantastic, um, and I liked how it, it kind of played out with his his uh, his genius of the illusion. Right. But I wish it would have been just him. Uh, I mean, we'll, yeah, we'll do a little spoiler since you know by the time this is out, it'd been about two weeks. Yeah, he had a team behind him. It, it didn't make. It kind of made sense where they came from. I like those little callbacks. Yeah, but I wish it was just him because of how in the you know in the comics he is a genius. He is a great illusionist, master of effects. You know, it would have been much better if it was just him. And it seemed like he relied too much on his team. He couldn't do it himself. He was more the actor behind it. Yeah, I think they just, it was a nice little nod to some of the older movies. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you saw it, you, you know what we're talking about. But um, I like the idea of using all the drones. I yeah, I, kind of yeah I, I liked that. I, I mean, I, like I said, I would have liked to see more of his skill in this. But the way the drones came into it made it, you know, it pulled it together. and made It, it made sense. Right. So uh, The fight scene that reminded me of Doctor Strange, like in the middle of the movie, was... Oh, awesome. my gosh, yeah. it's it, it, I liked, in the first uh, Spider-Man movie, uh, Homecoming... They said that he does not throw a punch at all because, you know, he's still trying to figure it out. He's just kind of ditzy and just going with the flow. This scene, I don't really see too many punches thrown, but he is doing a lot of, you know, throwing things, fighting, right. kicking things. It's, he's actually fighting in this, in this he's movie. He's fighting like Spider-Man fights. Spider-Man doesn't sit there and go toe-to-toe with anybody. He's ducking and weaving and getting out of the way and blitzing and then mm-hmm. weaving again. Um, the way that he fought was really good. Yeah. I thought they missed a, a small little opportunity by not putting a paper bag on his head in the very, very first fight. Oh my god, I didn't even think of that. That would have been great. Should have been, uh, should have been like the amazing bag man. I thought that would have been super funny. 
and only a couple people would have got it. Oh yeah, who were reading it back then. There is there is a lot of Easter eggs in this. That's why my wife and I are going to see it uh, today again. Um, that I guess in the trailer, I didn't even realize in the trailer, but I saw it in the movie the. Uh, on his duffel bag, it had a BFK right. for Benjamin Parker. And on the back of the one taxi was ASM, I think it was like 28, 8 something. I don't know what the number was, but I'm I'm assuming it was probably the first appearance of Mysterio. Mysterio. So I, I got to go back and see what the number was. But there's a lot of Easter eggs in this, especially there at the end of the movie, the first uh, yeah, mid mid credit scene. What is that about? That, I, I really hope that he comes back more and more into the next couple of movies because you can't have that character without him. I thought it was fun to watch all the Cinematic Universe fans like go absolutely bonkers about the possibility of a multiverse. I know. And this movie just like slammed the door right in their face. They're like, you guys, there's no multiverse. It's like, screw you. Maybe it will be down the line, but... I think if there should be, there, then it shouldn't be this soon. I mean, if you're going to set up the Spider-Verse, then you have to kind of set him his own movies first but uh yeah it, it, i mean it still is an easter egg saying he's from earth 616 which right. is true that's where peter parker's from but you know they probably just come up with them they themselves keep is that just what they say because the comic book timeline is earth 616 mm-hmm. and the movie timeline is like 99 something that's that's what mysterio says right. yeah he said there's from 616 but we you know we know peter parker's from that era so i think that kevin feige said that it's from a different one. I know that the new Spider-Man game is supposed to be a complete different Earth of its own, too. So, But yeah, there's a lot of Easter eggs and nods. That the last end credit scene, that kind of confused me a bit. I, I I guess they're setting up for, what is it, like Secret Invasion or something like that, or that's what they want They want to set it up for, but we, I don't know if that's going to happen. Right. So. I think that's going to be tough because the scrolls are now made to be a sympathetic community of refugees really, yeah. rather than an invading force. So it'd be interesting to see how they do that. It's nice to see Nick Fury in some shorts and slippers. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought the movie was fun. I, 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 it was a one-shot to me. Yeah. One-shot is like a standalone story. It doesn't really connect with the overarching theme of anything. I, I like the way that they would do that, though, because, I mean, Spider-Man, he's a loner. He may be an, a, technically an Avenger now, but, you know, he's still a loner on his own. He takes care of solely New York, his areas. I know Daredevil takes care of Hell's Kitchen and a couple areas, but, you know, he's a loner. So for him to have a couple standalone stories of, i got to go do this while everybody else is doing this, I, you know, I enjoy that. I think it's fine. Besides Mary Jane, my really only other complaint is I want to see Spider-Man, not Little Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, when he meets Happy and they go up and they're getting all ready for the big the big showdown and he starts making his suit out of Tony's tech mm-hmm. again. It's just kind of like, uh, we've seen this before. I mean, I do like, I, that's one thing I, it bugs me. I like the suits, but there's too many. Right. I don't like seeing 50 different suits in, in one movie. I mean, granted, there's a hundred hundreds of suits that people made through comics and stuff, but for a movie, I want to see him, you know, in the iconic red and blue comic style suit and just stay there until something happens where say you know that's what I liked about the, the PS4 game he had to go make an anti-Doc Ock suit just to fight Doc Ock or in uh, I think it's um, issue number 7 ASM 698 or something like that where he has to make the um, one of the new um, armor suits to fight something I can't remember what the issue is he's got that the real sleek uh, red and blue armored suit. I I don't know what a suit is, but he you know he makes these suits for certain situations. Not oh my suit's gone. I'm gonna go use Tony's tech and make one. Yeah, I'd, he's living. He's too much of a fanboy right now, and I'm hoping that by the time they get to the college years and beyond, he's his own character. He's back to no tech. You know, just simple web shooters that you know a couple gadgets inside his web shooters that he made. No AI inside the suit. If they continue along this course, he will never have the struggles that Peter has in the comic book because Peter is dirt poor. Mm-hmm. When we first met him in Civil War, he was dumpster diving to find computer parts to make his stuff. And now, he's got all of Stark Industries at his disposal. Mm-hmm. He'll never be a starving college student who has to sell photographs to the Daily Bugle of Spider-Man to feed himself. I feel like if they're going to go the route they're going, it's going to be more of 
he's going to it's going to be uh, Parker Industries type deal right. where I think he's going to after he's in college or out he's just going to start his own with with, the, with, a, with a grant that Stark gives him or Pepper Potts I guess in this he'll start his own company and go from there to have money but right. yeah it'd be nice to see the struggle I think so too. first but you know we'll see where that goes so yeah if you haven't seen uh, seen the flick you should definitely give it a peep I think it's uh, I think it's fun yeah uh, this week we have probably one of the biggest events uh, in the country, San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Starts uh, starts today. Um, there's a lot of panels. I I know that Marvel's there, but I didn't hear if Marvel Plus, the streaming service, was there. Didn't hear if the MCU was there. I don't know, and, and that goes with like some of the actors and stuff. I don't know if if Robert Downey Jr. is going to be making any appearances anymore. Because I'm pretty sure the only reason he went to the convention in the first place was because of a contract with Marvel, and now that he's technically done, he's not. He doesn't seem like that much of a people person. I think you're going to see him out there pushing Ironheart. Yeah, with uh, probably Pepper. You think? I was thinking I, Black Panther's sister would be a good Ironheart. Yeah, because I, I I got an argument with somebody earlier yeah, about Shuri. Shuri. I, yeah, cool someone guy. someone got an argument with me the other day about sh- saying Shuri was. If uh, smarter than Tony Stark, I'm like, mm, she has more of her at her disposable. Right. Imagine if Stark had all that um, vibranium at his disposal to make his right. stuff. I think you know he would have done much more with it than they did. Fields too. Yeah. Like when she's giving uh, Bruce Banner a hard time, why did you connect Vision up the way you did? Because um, we didn't think of right. it. You know, they, they didn't. Have, they probably didn't have the technology to quickly do that. She, you know, she's sitting here working on Vision with some kind of diagram in front of her, not even touching him. Right. You know, I'm, and I'm sure Stark and Banner, when they did it, they had to be right there with lasers doing everything themselves. You know, she's taking nerves and and, cor- and uh, all these stems away one by one, super quick. If they were in one of Tony's labs or Banner's labs, they would have never been able to do that. So. I did see something about uh, that. The, there was the um, little Easter egg in Endgame with that kid who was in Iron Man three. Right. He, I sent, I saw he was pushing that he wanted he to play. Funeral. He wanted to play Iron Lad. So uh, that'd be kind of cool nod to put in with Ironheart. I think right. that'd be kind of neat. Uh, I know that DC Universe has a panel set up for uh, Titans, uh, Doom Patrol, and I think Swamp Thing too. I thought that they canceled Swamp Thing. Oh, uh, they do, but I think they're still giving a panel. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff. That I'm, I'm excited to see that some of the trailers are coming out with um, for, you know, a, a DC scene, but they're kind of pushing some more stuff now because Marvel's kind of in a hiatus until next year with some movies and stuff. I think so. the reason that Swamp Thing got canceled is Warner Brothers wants to start their own umbrella streaming service like Disney. Mm. Now, they're going to have a hard time doing it if they can't carry all the DC stuff. Because so DC has their own right. streaming so already. Warner Brothers has to shut down the subsidiary DC streaming and put it all under one umbrella of Warner Brothers. I think that's what's going on, which is a shame. I, I still have to get a hold of the DC streaming stuff. I haven't seen Titans. I haven't seen you know Swamp Thing. I haven't seen any of that Check stuff. Out Young Justice too, because it's yeah, yeah, it's for, up for yeah. the second half of season three. And speaking of Teen Titans, did you see the trailer for the Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans? Yes. I think that's going to be hilarious. Especially with the, you know, I love the old Teen Titans, and I'm kind of curious to see the dynamic between these. Teen Titans Go is so good. We thought it was really dumb. Like, it looks so dumb and stupid until you start watching it. Like, then you realize this is dumb, but a funny dumb. Did you see the movie, Teen Titans? Yeah, we did. Oh, my gosh, that movie was terrible. Like, like not in that sense that the very ending, Robin's like, kids, quit, go ask your parents where babies come from. That is awful. Now you're going to have these hundreds of kids ask, where do babies come from? That's terrible. Uh, Batman Hush, the animated uh, movie, premieres uh, this weekend. Mm -hmm. San Diego Comic-Con. I'm really excited for this. I think uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is doing a Terminator panel. Yeah, I, the trailer for that released with yep. uh, the Spider-Man movie, and that was that looks pretty intense. Uh, Jumanji, the, the second Jumanji movie is coming out, and honestly, I think that looks like it's going to be better than the first one they made, you know, last year with um, 
The Rock and Kevin's character being old people right. inside them. I think that's going to be hilarious. But yeah, that was that was a good trailer. I think um, I was going to say I thought Guardians were going to be there, but I don't think that's the case. I read that um, Gamora wants to be the bad guy for Guardians Three. That would make sense. Um, did she went back with the with the snap at the end, didn't she? But she would. The, the snap to send Thanos and, and his army back to that time, did she go with them? Wasn't she on the ship with Thor? And I, don't, I don't remember. Maybe when he snapped it, he kind of... Tony knew that she should stay. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and give it a spin because I can't remember if she was on the, on the Milano at the end. And, and even though, would she... Are they going to know about... Would they have snapped him back to the time where he didn't know about this whole time travel thing where they're coming back and he's just in his timeline he's still going to pursue that or that's the only thing I don't like about time travel there's so many holes and stuff think about it too much. yeah it took Maddie and my dad forever to explain to me the whole Captain America thing yeah good grief it was like talking to a brick wall <laughs> I didn't get that you know he was the same guy that left I'm like but wait there's two the whole way there and then it made sense, yeah, he, he's the one that went back. Right. He's just now there. So. Yeah, that was painful trying to explain that to you. It, it went over my head for a while. But I, I get it now. It makes sense. I like the way they ended it. Yeah, so uh, there's going to be tons of other things that I don't know that are coming up or we didn't talk about. But keep an eye out for any uh, San Diego Comic-Con news over the next couple of days. There could be some sort of big spoilers for the fall. Yeah, so uh, yeah, keep an eye on that. And um, now we'll uh, get into the interview with uh, Rob Paulson. So... Stick around for that. Yep, see you guys. Okay, we'll, we'll get into some questions here. Cool. Um, what was the thing at? There it is. So I'm here with uh, Rob Paulson, the voice of many. <laughs> I mean, I it, I always like refreshing how many characters you do. Just going to like just click on your name and then look at the list and realizing, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that because... Uh, I grew up on, you know, I was born in 95, grew up on the 90s stuff, everything on Nickelodeon. I had no idea you were in Land Before Time. Did oh my Spike? goodness, I think I was around when the when the dinosaurs were anyway, so I had a lot of experience. Yeah, I'm pretty old, but luckily nobody cares what I look like. It's a pretty wonderful gig, yeah. Yeah, uh, so um, tell us a little about yourself. Well, as you were kind enough to suggest, I've been around a long time. I grew up not too far from here in Michigan, and I moved to Los Angeles 41 years ago uh, to do music and TV and that's what I was doing uh, but then in the mid 80s the opportunity to do animation presented itself uh, in the form of Transformers and G.I. Joe and those are the first cartoons I did I was a I am a cartoon not like pretty much everybody else with a pulse but I didn't really go to LA with the idea of doing animated voices um, I'm so glad I got the opportunity because as I just mentioned at that time as a young actor when it's all about how you look because it's that's how you're cast you know you it's nice to have talent but when you first get started it's you know do you look great next to the person they've hired to be your girlfriend all that stuff so you know to not be um, uh, to not be limited by that was wonderful and I got to work with all these incredibly wonderful actors like Frank Welker and Peter Cullen and people have gone on to be huge animation stars uh, so ultimately I decided to kind of put all my vocal eggs in the cartoon basket and uh, I'm glad I did because all these years later st people still don't care what I look like and it's, <laughs> it's very liberating as a performer. So what year did you say you got started? I got started in cartoons in the mid 80s, it probably would have been 84, 85 with Transformers and G.I. Joe were the first characters I did. Uh, I was on G.I. Joe, I was Snow Job and Tripwire and on Transformers I, were, I was Aerial Bots. Um, Air Raid and Slingshot. 
Yeah, so I was G1 Transformers. I was talking to my mom, and because she's not, a, my dad's a nerd, but he just kind of like uh-huh. goes with the flow. My mom doesn't really care. She watched cartoons as a kid, and she's because uh, she had a friend ask her who's going to be there, and she's like, I don't know, ask my kids. And I'm like, well, Rob Paulson's going to be there. She's who like, the hell is Rob Paulson? Yeah, she's I like, got that. And she's like, I watched cartoons. I don't know who they were. Yeah, so, of course not. I mean, it's but it's uh, well, the characters become famous. Yeah, and I get that. My ego can totally handle that. <laughs> I don't draw them and I don't write them, but to be able to be part of it now, where People like you and people your parents' age and people even older than me have watched all the shows on which Maurice and Billy and Roger and all of us have worked, and it's just a wonderful thing to be part of. Uh, what's been your favorite role so far? The next one. It means I get, I'm still working. <laughs> um, my, you know, it's pretty tough to, to choose, having been Raphael and Donatello and two different versions of the Turtles. We've already talked a bit about Carl Weezer and Jimmy Neutron and... And I was Yakko and Animaniacs and Pinky on Pinky in the Brain. So I think with those two last ones, those would be pretty tough to beat. You get to work with Steven Spielberg at the top of the, of the Hollywood food chain. Everybody won Emmys for the show. And, um, and working with Maurice LaMarche, who's the brain. And Tress McNeil was, is Dot and Jess Harnell Wacko. And I got to sing so many great songs on Animaniacs. And as I mentioned, I was a singer first who became an actor, so getting to sing United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, and all those, it just makes millions of people happy. So if I had to choose one, it would probably be toss up between Pinky and the Brain and Animaniacs. Has there been, uh, I know you talked about this at your panel a little bit, um, has there been a show or a character that you wanted to get and you yes. couldn't get? Yes, thank you for asking. The, the short answer is I wanted to get all of them because <laughs> every time you audition, you hope you get the job. But of course, that never happens. Um, and, and having had more than my share, certainly, uh, I would say that one in particular, I had, I think, three callbacks for the voice of Philip Fry on Futurama. And with our friend who's here this weekend, Billy got, and he should have. Billy was absolutely the right choice for that voice. Um, I was really bummed when I didn't get it, whatever it was, 20 odd years ago. But uh, when the show came out, and I watched a few episodes. I, I knew Billy. We're friends. And we all auditioned for the same stuff. And they made absolutely 100% the right choice. Now, do you, uh, like, make fun of him for that? or like? Oh, I, as a I friend, kid him, like, sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you stole my gig. It took food out of my mouth. You took gas out of my car. But, no, Billy. And have you had a chance to talk to Billy? Not yet. Oh, I'm, my yeah. God. He is the sweetest, most self-effacing. He will not talk about how great he is because he's just a special human. And... And then in your case, you know, like, I think you said last year here that uh, the, was it Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse, they, yeah, they, they, were, they will not, you know, do the voice because they don't want to take yeah. it, but then you whore your voice out and you do it all the time. Right. And yeah. <laughs> and so I just love doing it. It makes people happy. All I have to do is stand here in front of you guys and say, nerf, and you do what you're doing. You just start to smile. Have you ever had those moments where I, I think... I watched a video, I can't remember the guy's name, but the voice of Elmo. Mm-hmm. He was in a store and saw a little kid, so he did yeah. the voice. Have you ever had one of those? Yeah. My daddy does that better. <laughs> Jess Harnell, who's wacko in real life and the character. Um, had a, he talks about this a lot at panels where people say, you know, do you ever do your voice for people in department stores? And he said, I was at Disney World in Florida and there was a little boy who had an Animaniacs t-shirt on. And he said, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this kid's day. So he first talked to the parents and said, you know, and he said, oh, sure. So, hi, I'm the voice of Wacko, blah, blah, blah. And the kid who's probably 10, he goes, well, I can do it too. And he says, no, I, I really am. He goes, well, I do yak. It's no, I, so Jess actually ends up taking out his driver's license <laughs> to prove that if you look on the credits, I'm really the guy, you know. So the kid says, well, all right, let me hear it. And so he does wacko, and he is wacko. And the kid says, I've heard better. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's so insane. it really, that's the great part of it. It puts you in your place. You know, as I said, the characters are famous. We're not, and I'm, I'm fine with that. Are there any hobbies you do outside, like besides oh, voice yeah. acting I'm and cars and motorcycles? I'm a big gearhead. I guess being from born in Detroit, I can't help it. But <laughs> yeah, I love sports cars. I love motor racing. Uh, I love motorcycles. I live in the Santa Monica Mountains, so I'm already always driving or riding all over the place. Big sports nut. The only other thing I wanted to do as a kid in Michigan was be a hockey player. I learned uh, quite early that I had no neither the talent nor the temperament or the dental insurance to make a dime. <laughs> But I love hockey. I play hockey all the time with my buddies. Um, golf. Um, but, you know, I, I've, I've now, I think I've gotten to the point where I, I love doing these conventions. It's, it's exhausting, 
But I go home every time from one of these events utterly, utter, utterly beat from saying thank you for three days. And I love that experience because due to nice folks like you and folks at the Comics Vault, you know, we don't, we're fine working in the studio. We get paid well, we have, but when you go out here, all of us started doing live performing. So now we have an audience again and we get a chance to see millions of people have been affected by these characters all in positive ways. Nobody goes out of their way to tell you how much they hate something. It's all positive. Yeah, and conventions so, like this. I, yeah. I was talking to her, you know, this isn't the place nobody comes out. And, you know, politics here and there, it's fun to make fun of some stuff, mm -hmm. but nobody goes into like, oh, I'm going to get in a debate with this, or I'm going to get here and, you know, no. it, it's all nerds. They want to come together. And they just want to experience this incredible joy and how they are, they all share it. They're not limited by their stuff physical circumstance, they're not limited by, the, they might be on the autism spectrum, they might have anxiety or disorders, but other people here will help them, help them and stay in line, uh, wait in line to hold their place for them. It's the most wonderful experience to see how deeply connected people are by all of this joy, whether it's cartoons, whether it's, you know, uh, monster movies, whatever it is, it's the greatest thing and I just love being a part of it. So this has kind of become a hobby now. My wife has a quick question for yes. you. Yes. Okay. Um, I stutter. I was wondering if you knew any um, voice voice actors who stutter. Actor. Yeah. I do. Um, um, I'm trying to think, and I can't think of him right off off the bat. I think it was da I think it's David Kay, who is the voice of Optimus Prime in one of the most recent versions of uh, Transformers. But look up oh, David okay. K. K A Y E. And if it's not I'm not sure offhand, kiddo, but I do know. Do you remember, he just passed away, but a wonderful actor and a wonderful singer-songwriter. Do you remember Mel Tillis? I've heard of him. Oh, my God. Please look up Mel Tillis on YouTube because Mel had a profoundly pronounced stutter. It was very difficult for him, um, as it probably was for you. But clearly you found Spider-Man and the man <laughs> of your dreams. And, uh, you know, um, uh, but... When he sang, the stutter went away. Yeah. It was magical. And uh, so I'm not sure, and it might even be Brizzy. There's a girl, uh, Anna Brisbane. Uh, look her up on YouTube. She's got like 3 million followers. She called, she's called uh, Brizzy Voices. Brizzy Voices. Oh, I love her videos. I love Anna. And she's been on my podcast. We have the same age, okay. and she's a wonderful girl. It's about your age. And um, I think maybe she stuttered. But nonetheless... Just Google it because there are people in our profession who talk about it because often that's their way they inhabit a character just like Mel Tillis did. He would inhabit a song and that was his method by which he got out of the stutter. It's the most fascinating thing I've ever seen. But you are a beautiful, young, obviously smart lady. Thank you. And, and uh, I love the fact that whether or not you have a challenge via stuttering, or you and, I, you and I see people all the time here who are on the, on the spectrum. In a normal life circumstance, they would have trouble buying a Slurpee on their own and probably are made fun of. But here, they are utterly accepted. And you never know when they may meet someone like you who helps them once they leave, who helps them deal with whatever their challenge is. And you will now, you're very young, and you're obviously very bright. You will be in a position where you can say, you know what, sweetie? I'm a stutterer. And every now and then, certain triggers, I don't know this because I'm not a stuttering expert, but certain triggers, maybe I get tired or I get a little anxious and, or nervous, and I, I fall back into it. But here's how I move through it. You will be able to be an inspiration and source of help to many of the people whom we see in these circumstances. Because I, when I was a kid, those kids would have been called retards. And it's inappropriate, it's wrong. Yes. We didn't know any better, and now we do. And you can, you can explain a lot of history by saying it's not, it, it wasn't right, but here's, here's the context, and it explains it. But now we know better. And it's not made to say, all oh, those people are assholes. It's meant to say, we know better. And you can take somebody with your circumstance and help them. So I'm so glad you asked, because you can probably find actors who will tell you that 
very story. And as I said, the three whom I mentioned who do what I do, I think one of them had a stuttering issue. But I'm so glad that you talk about it, because you should. And, and because of your bravery, you will be able to help people, maybe not or even the stutterers, but help them move through their lives. So it's a big deal. Thank you. I love the. Thank you. I love the sound. Uh, the uh, little sensor they had the door when you're in a little. Isn't that great? <laughs> that yeah. When I said asshole, <laughs> oops, <it was> bang. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking, you know, in a joke note, you're at the panel. You said your son wouldn't bet you yeah. to go to the drive-through uh, as Yakko and the toys come out. Have you ever prank called somebody or just just got the nerve like, hmm, I'm just call the local. No, I, I don't prank call. Well, I I call them at the request of someone else. Like when okay. we were ordered Domino's all the time. I remember the guy who owned the local Domino's store said, hey, would you please call? There's a kid here who's a Ninja Turtle freak. And he's heard that you actually live around here, you know? Like it's this big, be expecting Raphael to answer the door. <laughs> so I'd call him and, you know, he lost his mind. Like, oh my God. Oh, hey, hey, is this Alex? Service. Yeah, it's Raphael, a teenager. We need a pizza down here in the sewer. And he's like, no way. Yeah. And that kind of stuff is always really I was going to get cool. Roger, I'm like, ah, it's, he's, you know, he's sitting on the bench. I was, I was going to call Burger King as, as Squidward. Squidward, hey, is yeah. this the crusty crap? But I'm like, ah, that's, he, you know, we won't take too much sure. of his time. Sure, no, so. I understand that. But um, as we're leaving here, is there anything that you can tell us coming later on that, you know, you're allowed to say or, or confirm, not confirm type deal? Yes, or? I can say that to the extent that people out there are fans of Animaniacs and this lovely Spider-Man and his gloriously beautiful wife are laughing at me right now. And if you like Pinky in the Brain, there are 26 new half hours of Animaniacs and Pinky in the Brain coming to Hulu next year in the fall of 2020, produced again by the King of Hollywood, Steven Spielberg. And then the next question is, uh, are you, Rob, and Tress McNeil, Dot, and Jess Harnell, Wacko, and Maurice LaMarche, the Brain, are you all involved? And my answer is, uh, at, at the request of Warner Brothers Worldwide Publicity, I can neither confirm nor deny but I can wink. And whatever that means, just make sure that you keep your eye out, and if you're in Burbank, come up to the water tower. But um, honestly, it is a real pleasure to talk to you guys. Well, you as well. Uh, it means a lot that you and the Comics Vault would, would take the time to want to chat to an old turtle. It means a lot <laughs> to us. But uh, all of you out there, take the time every day to laugh from your soul. And um, it is so important. And, and thank you again, all of you, for watching and paying attention and for making us feel so welcome at, uh, at Sci-Fi Valley Con. It's been a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Have you had the rest of the good weekend? So. Okay, buddy. Narf. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to catch Neil in his natural habitat, check out his shop on the corner of 12th Street and 12th Avenue in downtown Altoona. We try to release episodes every other Wednesday. And until we crack open the vault again, see ya. Mr. Yeah.